Hello. Welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of the podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACCSports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at HokieSmash underscore ASD. I'm going to turn it over now to our podcast moderator, Matthew, as we introduce our guest. Well, how's everybody doing tonight? How you doing tonight, Jeff? Yeah, doing good. Doing good this evening. That's good. That's good. Uh, boy, it was a, I mean, you and I were just talking about this, and I see Hank is just joining us now. Hank, can you do us a favor? Put yourself on mute just a moment, if you don't mind. Um, boy, what a time! What a time of year here. We've got college football going on we've got college basketball going on we've got the nhl going on we've got uh <laughs> we've got uh the world cup going on the gray cup is on tonight jeff all of these things are on at the same time they're intersect they're intersecting and it's just kind of kind of incredible you know, I, I love this time of year. It's a great time of year to watch sports, and I, I'm I'm just kind of excited. It's you know when it's cold outside, it's nice to see all this on on TV at the same time. So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying tonight. I was telling a couple of friends on Twitter tonight that um, well, man, uh, who is it? Winnipeg is playing Toronto in the Grey Cup final tonight, which is the CFL uh, CFL title game, the Canadian Football League title title game and I've got a couple of friends who played for the Bombers a few years back. I, my hometown is closer to uh, Winnipeg than it is to the Twin Cities. So it's kind of exciting to see that on tonight, but had a chance today to watch uh, Virginia Tech and both, both, both Virginia school, Virginia schools showed out well today, right? Virginia played pretty well. They played very well against Illinois. They've had a couple of very good victories, Illinois. And then prior to that, they played Baylor. And uh, Virginia Tech beat, defeated Penn State yesterday. Almost beat College to Charleston, who I think is going to be the CAA, and I think Pat Kelsey is eventually going to coach in the ACC. He may end up being a good. And I'm probably talking a lot more about my taking my open mic and microphone now uh, segment now, Jeff. But he probably may end up being a good, good replacement coach in the future for 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 uh, for, for Coach Hamilton at Florida State. Or for Kevin Keats at North Carolina State, and even at Georgia Tech, uh, if he stays at uh, if he if uh, Pat Kelsey stays at co the College of Charleston for a couple of years, he he has a very dynamic offense, and it was fun to it's it's fun to see him take up some of the same sorts of of coaching characteristics and offense and defense that he did from Skip Prosser. So it was, it was fun watching that today, and probably somebody you will see in the ACC in the future as a coach. Uh, so welcome to this week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Matthew. This is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. And boy, we have an awesome return guest on this show tonight. He's been gracious with his time. Every time he's been on here joining us now is Associated Press Sports Writer for the state of Virginia, Hank Hertz Jr., Hank, welcome back to the All Sports Discussion po uh, podcast. Before before we ask you our questions here, I just want to make sure I shout out your Twitter account so people know where you're at. It's at Hank Kurtz Jr. That's at H A N K K U R Z J R. 
Hank, welcome back to the podcast. Please tell us about yourself, where you went to school, what sports you cover in Virginia. The floor is yours. Thank you so much for being gracious with your time during the holidays. Hey, guys. It's great to be back. Um, so I'm um, a graduate of Ohio University, which has a really good journalism school and a really fortuitous journalism school because I'm a procrastinator and they have a late application deadline. Um, so that was good for me. Um, I've been in Virginia since 95. I cover um, football, basketball, um, golf, NASCAR, you know, all kinds of things, whatever's in Virginia. You know, AP guys typically don't leave their state unless they're um, national people, um, and I'm not. So um, I typically, you know, cover a lot of Virginia stuff, some Virginia Tech stuff, um, Virginia Tech's 220 miles away, so that's, um, you know, more challenging, but, um, <clears throat> so I cover them from afar sometimes, but, um, yeah, I just cover whatever's in Virginia that, that matters nationally. And Hank, you also get a lot of the A-10 schools, right? I mean, v, you know, you'll do, v, uh, occasionally do VCU, Richmond, that sort of thing. Is that correct? Correct. An old Dominion, you know, uh, on a rare occasion. Um, you know, because, you know, VCU has been pretty good in basketball for the last couple of years or for, you know, in the last decade, they've been pretty good. And, you know, they bring in some good teams and Richmond plays some good teams. And, you know, so it's a kind of a cornucopia of, in basketball season of of what I do. Um, I imagine Liberty will get to that point, too, because they're really, really pushing hard to become a, a more a larger player in the national landscape as we've seen with their football team. Um, so, you know, the, the state of Virginia is mine. That's awesome. And it's great turf too. Great turf. So let's get right into the hot topics. We're an ACC podcast, two part question on ACC football and the Commonwealth. What are your thoughts on the first year job at print by print pry at Virginia tech? We'll ask you on the, your thoughts on the first year job of Tony Elliott, Tony Elliott at the University. You know, I think Brent Pry, he strikes me as a hokey through and through. He really does. And, you know, I've seen all the people on Twitter saying that they should just cut their losses now and all that stuff. And I couldn't disagree more. <clears throat> I think, you know, the cupboard was pretty bare when he got there. They brought in a quarterback hoping he'd be the answer. Um, but it's hard to be the answer when all your receivers left. You know, Tavion Robinson is at Kentucky. Trey Turner thought he was an NFL prospect, which um, turned out to be a bad decision. James Mitchell is with the Detroit Lions. You know, a lot of the guys that were their, their skill players left, and they were left with not, you know, not a ton of them. And, you know, if you look, if you look at their stats, they, are, they trail their opponent in every offensive category which both speaks to the way the offense has performed and the defense has performed. And Brent Pry is a defensive guy. I think he will get that squared away. But, you know, when a new coach comes in with a new system, um, you know, the players they have may not fit that system. And, you know, they've been um, undisciplined, which a lot of people blame the coach for. Um, but I think in, in Tech's case, you know, a lot of these kids grew up when Tech was, you know, the cat's pajamas. You know, they were they were really good. And um, so I think a lot of the undisciplined stuff, the penalties and, and whatever, 
um, are for people trying to do too much, people trying too hard to make a difference. And, you know, typically in a defense with assignments, that means missing your assignment, uh, blowing off your assignment to go try to make a play. And, you know, frequently coaches will tell you that doesn't work. And um, so I think he will be fine um, over time when he brings in his own kids. Um, you know, but it may take a couple of years. And as I posted on Twitter one day when I saw all these people saying, get rid of this guy, Frank Beamer was two, eight and one in his sixth season at Virginia Tech. And he got to stay. How'd that work out? As far as Virginia goes, <clears throat> um, boy, it's hard to talk about football without talking about the past week, which has just been um, you know, brutal. Um, but you know, I think the same thing. I think, um, I think Tony Elliott, first of all, I think he's the right man to be there now. I was at the memorial service yesterday and when Tony Elliott stepped up to the podium, it was almost like watching a preacher who was fired up. He was animated. He was loud. He was, um, he believed in what he was talking about. He quoted Bible verses and, and all that stuff. And, you know, they've made changes. People look at uh, Brennan Armstrong and say, wow, this guy threw for 4,500 yards last year. What's going on? He's throwing for 2,200 this year. They've changed the offense. They're trying to get a running game incorporated into it instead of, hey, hey, Brennan, go be Brett Favre and just throw the ball all over the place. And, you know, that's all we're going to do. Um, the defense has been better, which is kind of surprising since, you know, Bronco Mendenhall was a defensive coach and their defense was not good during his time there. Um, you know, I think Tony Elliott will do fine. I, I think it, it's, it, it may hamper, it may hamper the Cavaliers a little bit that Tony is all about, you know, raising good young men and academics and all that stuff. And I think sometimes when you go into a living room, and you talk about those as priorities as well as football, some people may say, you know what? Um, George Welsh told me years ago, and I know I've told you guys this before, that when you go into a living room as an ACC coach to recruit a kid, every family thinks their kid is going to the NFL. Every family. And obviously they don't all. Most of them don't. You know, that commercial, 99% of NCAA athletes won't, won't get paid or, you know, won't won't do it professionally. Um, but every kid thinks that. And, you know, Tony Elliott is a, a is a very compelling guy. Um, you know, I, I imagine their recruiting will pick up. Um, I think both programs failed Virginia in terms of recruiting because I don't think either one of them recruited Virginia as hard as they should have. Um, almost every program that's successful in the country says, you know, keep the kids at home at home. You know, keep the kids around you at home. Don't let them go to North Carolina. Don't let them go to Louisville. Don't let them go to Florida State or, you know, Alabama, Clemson, whatever. <clears throat> you know, get those kids to want to be home. And, you know, I think they both have staff that will be able to get that done over time. But that doesn't, that doesn't happen overnight. You know, you have to develop relationships. And I think, you know, both of them are working towards that. And, you know, I think both probably will be fine in, in a couple of years. Um, you know, but it, 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 
you know, it takes time. It's funny, Virginia Tech has a veteran offensive line. Virginia Tech has a newbie offensive line. And, you know, that's been a factor in, you know, each season. Um, but, you know, I think both coaches will do well eventually. Yeah, that's a great response, Hank. That's a great response. One thing I'd like to add to on Virginia Tech, Hank, I mean, it's not as if Virginia Tech is like, uh, I want to say LSU or any of these other teams or Auburn with these kinds of resources where you can decide that you want a new coach the next year. This is, that is in the Virginia Tech. Right. I mean, they paid Justin Fuente millions of dollars to go home, you know, and it's, it's remarkable to me to see fans in social, on social media, you know, wanting to hang Brent Pry when there doesn't seem to be anywhere near as much vitriol towards Justin Fuente, who, you know, obviously, you know, he came in, he was an offensive guru, a quarterback guru, but... Um, you know, none of that panned out. And I think what's really bummed Hokie fans out was until yesterday and maybe the Georgia game, Hendon Hooker was like a Heisman Trophy guy, like go to New York Heisman Trophy guy. And, you know, he left because um, he just didn't, I, I guess he didn't like what was going on there. And, um, you know, that's hard for Hokie fans to take because Hokie fans do not like being disrespected. And, um, you know, I, I think they feel like that's what it was. And in the end, I think they were happy that Fuente was excised. But um, you got to give the new guy a oh, chance. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think some of them wanted Fuente gone sooner than that. So, but you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's. Well, his, his dalliance with Baylor really ticked off a lot of people. You know, just to say, you know, he came there and said, this is the kind of job that I always wanted, a great place to raise my family, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a couple of years in, he's meeting with Baylor about their head coaching job. So um, that, you know, that lack of loyalty, tech fans are loyal, if nothing else. And that did not do him what served if him If you well. have a few moments, you should listen to the pod. He was, uh, Justin Fuente was on the podcast with Doug Gottlieb. I haven't had a chance to blog about it. I'll blog about it so you don't have to listen to it if you don't want to. I know you're busy, <laughs> but, but, uh, I, it, it's worth a, it's worth a listen because it's, it's a two hour show, but the, the part about Virginia Tech is about an hour and a half into it. Right. And I'm, I, I'll tell you what, I won't spoil it for you. I'll blog, I'll blog about it and give some cliff, cliff notes to it, but you can also take time to listen to it because it, it, was, an, it was an interesting take from Justin Fuente, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> you know what, I have to say this too, though, that every program went through something the last two years that no one ever, ever has dealt with before. And, you know, so to some degree, that kind of stunted the the development and, and, and whatever of every program. Sure. And, you know, so, you know, I, maybe we're too hard on Justin Fuente, but um, I, I always want to call him Puente and Brent Pry, Brent Fry. Um, but, you know, you know, they had huge issues with COVID. And, you know, again, people will say that's a discipline thing, whatever, but not necessarily. 
you know, it, it could just be that, you know, the players like to be together and, you know, um, stuff happened. You know, it happened all over the country, all over the world. So um, I think that's a, that's an issue that kind of gets overlooked in the failure of his regime at Virginia Tech. But um, it certainly was an issue. Yeah, yes, yes. Jeff, you're up, buddy. All right, thanks, Matthew. Uh, Hank, we're going to have a ACC lightning round where we have uh, your, your, your quick answers on uh, three ACC football questions. We're going to start with, and uh, Matthew and I had a little debate about this yesterday, but it, I think this might be decided. Who wins the ACC football coach of the year? It's got to be Mike Elko um, at Duke. He's, I think they've won more games this year than they've won the last three years. They're tied. They were tied for second in the ACC in wins going into this weekend. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I, I was at a memorial service yesterday, so I don't even know what happened this weekend, but um, it, it's got to be him. You know, to turn that program around the way he has and, um, you know, to have seven wins, eight, maybe eight wins, I don't even know, but, um, you know, it's got to be him. Who were you guys right. thinking? Uh, well, Matthew was was definitely on the Elko train, and and I definitely had him at the near the top two. But I was trying to keep it interesting with Mac Brown if he would have uh, been able to get to the ACC championship eleven and one. But uh, with him, with North Carolina taking the loss to to uh, Georgia Tech yesterday, uh, that that even clo that closed the book for even me yesterday. Doesn't does an interim coach qualify? Because the guy at Georgia Tech's done a heck of a job since he took over there. Yeah, that's true. Brent, you know, Brent Key has, you know, really revitalized that program. And, you know, it, it may end up with him being the new head coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, that was what he did yesterday, in my opinion, was was maybe the best defensive performance by a Georgia Tech staff since since John Tenuta was there. Uh, it, it cost Drake May any shot at the Heisman, uh, any remote chance they had at the playoff and any remote chance that that Brown, Mac Brown had at the coach of the year. So uh, fantastic job by Brent Key yesterday. Oh yeah. And I saw, I, I saw uh, Drake May at Virginia and um, he was incredible, you know, not only throwing the ball, but tucking his head down and running the ball. Like he was a fullback, you know, he didn't run, you know, like he was sliding and not wanting to get hurt. He was running like, I need three extra yards. I'm going to get them by putting my shoulder down and going for it. You know, he's, He's a pretty incredible player for a redshirt freshman. Yeah, he's he's going to be playing on Sundays, no question. And Josh Downs, um, that was a you know great to point out from you about Georgia Tech and Brent Key, and and that kind of leads me to my next question with with the ACC championship game set, uh, Clemson and now North Carolina. Uh, who's going to win that game? Well, you know, it, you know, it's it it's so boring to always pick Clemson, right? And, you know, North Carolina with, with May is a dangerous, dangerous team. And, you know, the guy, Josh Downs, <clears throat> he had 15 catches in the game at Virginia. And he just kind of disappears, and then all of a sudden he shows up and he's wide open. You know, he's, he's an incredible, incredible player. He's fast. He runs really good routes. Um, and, you know, people, you know, you, you try to cover him one-on-one, -on -one, it's hard to do because he's faster than almost everybody. And it doesn't matter that he's 5'10 or whatever he is. You know, he's little, 
that helps him disappear, and then he emerges and he's wide open. So, you know, Carolina certainly has a shot in that game um, because I don't think Clemson Clemson's quarterback situation is great. Um, and, you know, their defense is always is always really solid, but um, May is May is a wild card for sure. All right. And then last question in this lightning round. Who is on the ACC football coaching hot seat for you? You know what? I don't Dino Babers, maybe. I mean, I, I think two other coaches in history have started six and oh and then finished six and six. And, you know, he's been kind of um on the hot seat for what seems like a few years. Um so maybe him. Um, I don't know that you know the other programs. Like you, you look at the coastal division, and every program has won the championship once in you know in the last seven years. Um, Carolina's the first repeat winner in eight years, um, and on the other side, um, Jeff Collins already got canned, um, and you know we've talked about. Uh, Brent Key and and how well he's done. So maybe Dino Babers, if anyone. Um, but you know Syracuse hasn't been a real factor in football in many many years. So you know I don't know if 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 it matters that much up there. You know we'll we'll have to see. Yeah, and, and another coach, uh, Scott Satterfield, started the year on the hot seat, and it looked like through about four or five games that. His seat was really hot, but the way Louisville has played over the second half of the season, you know, one that I, w- I would say has looked like a fringe top 25 team most of the second half. I, I think he's played his way. He's coached his way off the hot seat. I, I agree. When they came to Virginia, he was really on the hot seat. And they were talking about, you know, he might not last through the bye week, which they had the next week. And, you know, they won at Virginia with a backup quarterback. Malik Cunningham was in the concussion protocol. They wanted Virginia with a backup quarterback, and you know they've been they've been pretty solid ever since. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Hank. Um, looking towards the college football playoff, who who are your four CFB playoff teams as of today? Um, who do you think would win those semis, and who wins the national championship? Well, I think you got to go with Georgia. Um, they're just unbelievable um you know to lose i forget how many guys off their defense were drafted last year but they you know they lost a ton of guys off their defense last year and their defenses you know look what they did to hendon hooker in in tennessee held them to 13 points um so i i'm i'm gonna guess ohio state wins the the game against michigan because they always do um tcu seems to be having you know, just one of those years, you know, that where everything goes right. And um, they had a nail-biter win <clears throat> yesterday. So, you know, may, and, and you know what? What a great thing to have somebody else, you know, in the playoffs. And how about Southern California? Lincoln Riley. You know, um, when I was growing up, they were King Vitamin for, for years and years and years, you know. And... It's kind of cool to see them back. They're they're in the top five for the first time in in many years. I forget what Ralph Russo said it was, but 
<clears throat> they're in the top five. And, you know, how cool would it be to have a bunch of new people in the in the playoff along with Georgia and Ohio State? And if, you know, if Michigan beats Ohio State, then Michigan. But um, we all know how that goes normally. Yeah, yeah, very, very good. Okay, Nick, uh, our next question here, Hank, is a two-part question on uh, the Commonwealth uh, in Virginia hoops. Um, talk about the job Mike Young has done so far this year. Um, Virginia Tech has a, has a solid win over Penn State, a team that's that's probably um, you know in the middle of the pack of the Big Ten, but a quality win uh, today. Uh, you know, couldn't quite pull out the win over College of Charleston, but as as Matt said, that you know that's a tough environment. That's a team that's probably you know uh, going to be in the mix for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, and then also talk about the job that Tony Bennett has done. And and like you uh, talked about, you know, it was a very rough week at the University of Virginia. Uh, I'm sure he has basketball players, and he knows. Uh, I would assume players on the football team and for them to, to, you know, knock off Baylor first on Friday and then today to beat a really good Illinois team. And, you know, basically when you look at ACC basketball as a whole, uh, Virginia literally carrying ACC basketball, given the start of about a half of the conference, uh, putting up two wins like that, it's probably going to have them in the top six or seven next week. Um, talk about the great job Tony Bennett has done as well. Well, <clears throat> you know that that tournament in Nevada is a is a great tournament every year, and for them to go out there and do what they did, um, you know, in the aftermath of what happened last Sunday, um, was kind of huge. But Tech, um, Tech is really good. They have lots of talent, but like today, they only had six players score. Um, you know, and it's so it's kind of like. Um, if Hunter Couture is hitting three pointers, really good. If Justin Mutz, um, you know, uh, Mike Young loves to talk about how Justin Mutz value doesn't always show up on the stat sheet. Well, they need it to show up on the stat sheet. They need points. They need rebounds. Um, you know, they have, they have really good players, but they don't have enough of them. And, you know, that's kind of the problem that they're having so far, <laughs> you know, because their last couple games, they, the, the Penn State game, and the um, Old Dominion game, they won by a total of six points. And it seems like 75 is what Tech is going to score every game. Um, you know, they're, they're, they're really solid, um, but they need more players. And, you know, Mike Young's done a good job, did a really good job last year bringing some of the young guys along and kind of working them into the mix. And, you know, they need to do that again this year because um, six guys is not enough guys to win a basketball game with. Um, in Charlottesville, Virginia's really good. Um, they start the same five as last year, and they brought in a couple of reinforcements. This Isaac McNeely kid from West Virginia is a great, great shooter when they played North Carolina Central. Um, the coach, Lavelle Wooten, or Moten at uh, NCC, um, actually talked to him during the game and said to one of his defensive players, he said, don't leave this guy. And, you know, his reputation as a three-point shooter 
is, you know, precedes him, even though he's, you know, played four, four college basketball games. Um, and Ben Vanderplas, the kid they brought in from my alma mater, Ohio, um, is just, he's like a point forward. He's a big guy. He does, a, he does a lot of good things. He passes the ball really well. He can score. He makes free throws, you know, and that's two additions to the starting five last year. Um, Caden Shedrick is a much better player. He's a much better rim protector. He's very, very active. Um, Reese Beekman has gotten better. Um, you know, and, and they're 4 and 0 and one against number five Baylor and number, I think, 18 Illinois with Jaden Gardner doing not that much. And he was their best player last year. So, you know, I think Virginia's really, really good. Um, I was watching the game today, and, and the announcers kept talking about how this has like a, an, an Elite Eight Final Four feel to it. And it really did because Illinois plays really good defense also. And um, it was just a, a slugfest. It was, um, you know, points were hard to come by. And I think they won 70 to 61. And, you know, that's another thing. They're averaging almost 80 points a game, which in the Tony Bennett era is pretty remarkable. Yeah, ab absolutely. Hank, I watched the game today, uh, too, and, and you're totally right. It definitely had uh, a regional final feel to it. I mean, oh, that's two teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament and can go really deep into the tournament. I, I don't think you're going to find too many teams uh, that are better passing and better with their ball movement than, than Illinois was. Because as, as good as Virginia plays defensively, there are a couple times, you know, Illinois just made that extra pass to find the open shooter and and like you, like you said, though, um, this this Virginia team has enough offensive firepower from the perimeter. Uh, Beekman was was fantastic late in the game. That I mean, they can they can take on teams like the calibers of the Baylor's and the and the Illinois and go toe to toe. You know, scoring wise, they they don't have to keep teams to forty five points to win. Uh, they're really really good. I think it was the. North Carolina Central game where they had seven different guys make three pointers. And that, you know, that just wasn't happening last year. And, you know, so the guys that are returning got better. Um, you know, McNeely made three that game, I think. Um, Vanderplas made a couple, you know, so, and, and, and they have size, which has not always been the thing. They've, you know, often been undersized and, Francisco Cafaro has become a better player. He's he's a force inside. Um, he actually makes free throws now instead of missing the rim entirely. Um, Armand Franklin, um, in their first game, made two three-pointers like within the first two minutes. And Virginia fans are pretty savvy, and they knew last year that he came from Indiana shooting 41-point-something percent from three, and he shot less than 30% last year. And... You know, when, when guys shoot three-pointers, um, you know, Virginia fans get all fired up and they get bummed when they don't go in, and he's been really good. He's shooting almost 50% from three-point range this year and said that said after the first game that he just feels a lot more comfortable in Charlottesville now, and, you know, it's it's kind of showing in the way he plays. Yeah, absolutely. Great comments on on the basketball teams at Virginia Tech and Virginia. 
All right, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you as we close out the podcast. Open microphone time. Hank, what do you got for us? The floor is here. Oh, boy. What a, what a week it's been. What a week it's been. And, you know, I was at the at the memorial service yesterday for the three football players that were killed by a former football player um, last Sunday night. And um, it was a beautiful ceremony, um, almost two hours long. Lots of the players got up and spoke about their, their fallen teammates. And, and, you know, it was very nice. Um, but, you know, while I was there, there was apparently some kind of shootout between a New Mexico state and New Mexico basketball player, which ended with one of them being dead. And, you know, it's, I'm not sure what it's going to take to, to stem the tide of this kind of stuff, but, um, it's really, um, unsettling, um, you know, to, to, to look at three football players, one of whom had an NFL future, at least, um, just really good people. Um, and, you know, to, to think of that and, um, and, 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 you know, the, um, the damage done to others that were there, like when, when a guy pulls out a gun and starts killing people on a bus, what do all the other people on the bus think, you know, are we going to die too? Is he going to kill all of us? You know, what's going on here? And, you know, it's just, it's just unspeakably sad to, see good young people and these you know these were not like bad kids these were good kids and you know to see their lives snuffed out like that is um that kind of stuff just happens too much and um i don't like covering funerals i don't like covering memorial services um been there done that was in blacksburg in 2007 um and that wasn't even athletes, you know, and I've talked to a bunch of tech people this week about how they overcame that. Um, and I, I talked to Brian Steinspring and I asked him a question about, you know, what were the, what were the keys, you know, what, what, what worked? And he was silent for like 15 seconds. And I said, are you still there? And he said, yeah, it just brought it all back. And that's, 15, almost 16 years ago. And I don't know, we just have to do better. And um, I I applaud Virginia for um, asking for an outside person to come in and assess everything they did and whether they did enough, because we all know there were lawsuits aplenty after the Virginia Tech thing. Um, But it's happening everywhere. And, you know, every place that happens, they say, we never thought it would happen here but here we are, you know, and sorry to be such a downer guys, but that's been my week and, um, just got to pray for people and, you know, to be, to be better, you know, to get help when they need it and, and that kind of stuff. So anyway, we're with you, Hank. We're with you, Hank. Jeff, you're up. Yeah, that, that was really well said. Uh, Hank, and thanks for those words. Uh, you know, I really, I really don't have anything to to follow that other than you know this week is thanks Thanksgiving, and you know, enjoy the games uh, if you're attending them or on TV or whatever. You know, you're with your family and friends over the over the the holiday weekend. You know, just give them a little closer hug and and 
you know just just enjoy you know don't take anything for granted totally true you know hugs held 20 seconds have healing power did not know that, but that makes sense. And you know what? It's weird because if you hug somebody with the intention of hugging them for 20 seconds, after like three seconds, they're thinking, this is really awkward. But then they kind of get into it, and it's really cool. Nice. So. Yes, sir. So I'll just be very – I'll be very quick here with my open microphone. Um I talked earlier when I came into this podcast about how how great the sports scene is on TV now because it's my favorite time of year when college football and college basketball intersect on the airwaves. I think about a, a couple weeks ago, Minnesota and North Dakota played uh, ice hockey in the Twin Cities, and it's, it's disgusting to me that there is no more WCHA. I know you remember that, Hank. Oh yeah, I, I do. There's no more WCHA because the Big Ten blew that conference up, unfortunately. And to see them get back on the ice together and have two double have an overtime game on each night was incredible for me. And now we've got the World Cup that's on TV, and a good finish here in the Great Cup that's on TV tonight. And Bowl season is right around the corner, along with with uh, with holiday tournament hoops action. The NHL has just kicked off. We're going to see a lot of traditional games on Christmas Day for the NBA. I'm fired up. <laughs> well, that, you know, it's funny. I have a Fitbit, and it counts my steps. And when I sit and watch the second half of the Virginia-Illinois game, I get no steps. And that's, I feel like a loser at the end of the day because it's like, oh, you have 3,200, you know, 120 steps. And it's like, oh, because I sat on my butt the whole day and watched sports. And it's easier to love that when you don't have to cover it, when you don't have to juggle all your stuff, you know. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it's fun. And I love my job. Um, it's great to deal with good people. Mike Young, Tony Elliott, Brent Pry. Um, uh, Tony Bennett, just great people. And, um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm sure some people think, wow, that guy's like really snowed. Um, but no, they're good people. Um, you know, Tony Elliott, when he took the microphone on the stage yesterday, could have been a preacher on TV. You know, he was just animated and, um, you know, he'd come to grips, I think, and just had words of wisdom that you would get on Sunday morning at church. And um, how can you not like that, you know? It's, uh, I don't know. It, it, I, have, I have good people to deal with um, and good programs, and it's fun when they win, you know? Um, it's it's a bummer to cover a basketball team that's going 11 and 18. Um, so, and, uh, you know, Chris Mooney, Mike Rhodes at VCU, um, just all good people. Jeff Jones at Old Dominion. Those are the ones that, and Richard McKay at, at Liberty, you know, because Liberty just keeps inviting um, assassins to come to Liberty and, and play. And um, they got they got beat by Virginia Tech yesterday, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure Liberty's, Ian McCaw's phone calls to say, "Hey, let's come, let's let's play each other," 
home and home, I'm not sure that he's getting a lot of positive responses because of the way they've played football the last couple of years. Amen, Hank. Amen, Hank. Hank, thanks so much for coming on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast with Jeff and I tonight. We loved having you come on the show. We hope you have. Hey, wait, I have one more question. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> Green bean casserole, yes or no? Oh, wow. Uh, Go ahead, Jeff. Uh, that green bean casserole, that, that's a no for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's very Midwest, and I've had that before. So I probably would have that. Okay. All right. It's very Midwest. Well, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving, and I always appreciate spending time with you guys. You too, sir, and have a great December holiday season. You too. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thanks again, Hank. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye, guys.